It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I work as a minister with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. I'm glad you joined me this evening, and I pray that the message you're going to hear is, is beneficial to you, and it's something that you're going to look into to make sure that it does come from God's Word. Now, if you have any questions, comments, concerns of any kind, you if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just leave a comment in the comment section. If you're watching through some other means and you don't have the ability to do that or listening through some other means, you can call or text me. 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keep in mind, please, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. And I do try to respond to everyone who makes a uh, question, comment, or concern of any kind. And so if you have a suggestion for a sermon, I'd love to hear it. And we'll see what we can't do to uh, look into whatever matter that you want me to look into. I do try to uh, uh, do the best that I can. All right, we want to talk about the way. And when I'm talking about the way, I'm talking about the way of righteousness, as we're going to see in just a few minutes into our lesson. But the reason I titled this lesson Because of the Way and I'm showing on the screen a man who seems to be discouraged, it's, it's because of a verse that we find in the Bible, a passage that's in the Bible. And it describes God's people who become discouraged because of the path the Lord had told them to travel. In Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4, when the uh, Israelites were uh, making their wilderness wanderings, we read this. Now, keep in mind, at this point, they had wanted to take a shortcut through the land of Edom to get to Canaan, but they couldn't do that because the king wouldn't let them. So they were going to have to take the long way around. And they were not happy about this. And notice what verse 4 says. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people were much discouraged because of the way. Now, when we're describing the way, again, we're describing a path that the Lord was leading them on. And with the Lord leading the way, if you remember, the, he was the one who was trying to bring them in to the promised land. Of course, they had rebelled with the 10 other spies uh, when the spies had a bad report after they sent the 12 in. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two that had a good report, said, let's go, let's Let's go, you know, take over the promised land. Uh, the, the 10 others said, no, there's giants there. We'll get destroyed. They lacked faith, and the people listened to them. And so now they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until everybody died off. And so everybody died off, I think, that was 20 years old and over, something like that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the 20 years old is the cutoff point, but I'll have to double-check that. But needless to say, that's that's what they were having to do. And so they were having to wander in the wilderness. And they had a, 
a way that they could go through the land of Edom that uh, would have cut off a lot of time, but no, they had to backtrack, and that discouraged the people. And so because of their discouragement, uh, things happened. You know, they, they would murmur. They would get upset, as they did so many times. Now, the reason we're even bringing this up is because Christians today are traveling away, as we're going to see, that Jesus wants us to travel. And it's just as easily, uh, it's just as easy for Christians to become discouraged in the way that Jesus wants us to travel as it was that the way that Jesus wanted the Israelites to travel. And so according to 1 Corinthians 10, we can learn much from these lessons that have been preserved for us with the Israelites. And so we need to listen to that. We need to see their discouragement and we need to see what took place with the people because when they become discouraged, things happened. Now, when I describe the way in the New Testament, we're describing Christ's way, the way of righteousness. In Acts chapter 24, for instance, I want to give you a few examples of Scripture. In Acts chapter 24, when uh, Paul was in Caesarea, he appeared before Felix. Notice what it says. Felix having a rather accurate knowledge of the way. The way. Now, the way, again, he's describing is the way of Christ, what Christians, uh, the the path of righteousness that they were living. Uh, Another example we see in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19 and verse 23. Uh, there was an uprising that was taking place there. And it says about that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. And so all throughout the New Testament, we see the way of Christ, the way that Christians are supposed to live, described as the way, which is no different than we see the Israelites traveling away back in the Old Testament. And so, yes, we can definitely see a comparison between what uh, Christians are supposed to be doing and how they can react to the the hard road of the the way versus what the Israelites uh, traveled. Uh, Another good verse to consider is 2 Peter 2.21 when it makes reference to the way as the way of righteousness. We can go to other passages as well. It makes references to the way of God, uh, the way of Christ. Um, You know, but basically it's, it's, we're talking about Christ's way, uh, living a godly life, doing things that are pleasing to the Lord. Now, this path that Christians follow is hard, just as it was for the Israelites. The Israelites had a physical path. Christians have a spiritual path that sometimes can relate to a physical path, uh, being that sometimes things can become physical because of the of the spiritual relationship to it. But needless to say, uh, since Christians live in this world, they are having to deal with the, the physical, the carnal. And so as they're trying to live spiritual in a physical world, you know, that means the, that, that way, the way of Christ can be as hard or harder, even than what we've seen the Israelites traveling when they wandered in the wilderness. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, when he said, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. 
for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those that find it are few. And so we see then from this passage that it's a hard way. You know, the way of Christianity is not going to be easy, and none of us should pretend that it is. It is a difficult road, and it's very easy to become discouraged. And so as we see discouragement taking place in the Old Testament with many people who even lived a faith, even with Moses, uh, Elijah, uh, different ones become discouraged, we have to understand that Christians become discouraged as well. And so we have to ask ourselves when we're traveling the way, that way of righteousness, what happens when discouragement takes place? Now, for many, there is a desire to return to their former life. Now, they wouldn't be on the way of Christ unless they had decided to make a change. You know, Romans 6 made that very clear, that the old man of sin had been put to death, and because he'd been put to death, there had to be a burial. And so that old man of sin who decides to live according to the way of Christ, he decides he's going to obey by being baptized into Christ. That's the burial. And he's buried, according to Romans 6, in that watery grave of baptism. And as Jesus came forth from the grave to a new life, then we come forth from that watery grave to live a new life, not according to sin and then being in bondage to sin, but we are freed from sin we are living our life now according to Jesus Christ. And so it's a whole new life. And so we understand that. That's what takes place. But when we become discouraged after we've traveled the way for a while and we find out that that way is narrow and hard, we can become discouraged and want to go back to our former way of living. That's no different than the Israelites. Look at Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 16 through 17. Now, this is making reference to what takes place in Numbers 14, 1 through 4. And I'll let you look that up on your own. But it said, They and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. Now, think about that. They were made free from bondage in Egypt. When they crossed the Red Sea, under the Red Sea, and then the waters came over the soldiers of Pharaoh, and now the, the sea separated them from Egypt, they were free. But yet here we see because of the way of the Lord was so hard, they wanted to return back and live as a slave in Egypt. And that's no different. That's the comparison that's being made for a Christian who lives the way of the Lord, wanting to go back and live his former life. Now, Jesus said in John 8, 34, those who practice sin are slave to sin. You're in bondage to sin. And just as the Israelites, when they lived in Egypt, were in bondage, we are slaves to sin if we practice sin. Romans 6, as we mentioned before, 6 and 7, talks about how the old self was crucified, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. That goes along with what we've been talking about. And so you can see then that a Christian 
at one time before he became a Christian was enslaved to sin. And those who want to go back to that former life are wanting to go back to bondage. Second Peter 2, 20 through 22, Peter says, For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them what the true proverb says has happened to them, the dog returned to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing itself, returns to wallow in the mar. And so that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about a Christian who travels that narrow, hard road and becomes discouraged, and they want to go back. And the Bible makes reference. They, that's, that's returning back to bondage. And that's like a dog returning to its own vomit. That is not something we should want, and that should be something we should guard against. And that's something we got to be very careful about because the desire to return to our former life is not going to help us. The reason we decided to make a change in the first place is because we understood the wages of sin is death, and we wanted to go to heaven. That's why we accepted Jesus Christ and his conditions. We accepted that. And so why forget that just because the way gets a little hard? You know, we need to understand that Jesus, even if the road's hard, we have to understand that the road is going to take us where Jesus wants us to be. And so even though it's a little hard, it's going to accomplish that which the Lord wants it to accomplish. The Lord's work always gets done. And so just because we're having a little work a little hard doesn't mean we should be discouraged. So many times people think that once they become a Christian, God is going to serve them instead of them serving God. And that is just wrong. That's you, You're going to have to flip that around. We live to glorify and praise God. We live to serve God. That's, that's all there is to it. And God does not serve us. He's the creator. We understand we have to serve him. And so we're going to have to put away this foolish notion and some of the false teachings that are out there that have, you probably have heard that where God's going to bless you and, and do wonderful things for you and to help you. Basically, he's going to be your servant if you give your life to him. And there is many blessings that happen in Christ, but there's no guarantees what God's going to have you do. It can be harder than what you may even expect. It doesn't matter. He's God. And so our duty is to say amen. In the end, we're going to heaven. And so we shouldn't allow ourselves to get discouraged just because the way is hard. Now, again, when discouragement happens, sometimes people want to change the path. You know, when I was a young man, I, I played a little football and, and the uh, calisthenics were pretty, pretty rough. Sometimes we uh, practiced in the heat of August and, you know, where I live and sometimes that would be in hundred degree weather and it was not fun running hills and doing all the exercises. But the one exercise I hated the worst was uh, leg lifts. 
I despise leg lifts. And I don't know if you know what leg lifts are, but you lay down on the ground where all the bugs are at anyway, and you're sweating and there's gnats flying around you and, and you grab a hold of your face mask and then you raise your legs six inches off the ground. And then you have to spread your legs out wide, six inches off the ground and bring them back together. And then you go down until the coach gets involved. And then sometimes the coach says, he starts yelling, hold it, hold it, hold it. And you got to hold it. And you know, it's really starts to hurt. And sometimes you just start beating your belly and screaming because of the pain. And I hated that. And I remember getting on the living room floor and I decided, you know, I got to figure out a way to make this something easier. And I figured out that if I put my hands under my buttocks, then that provided a little leverage while it wasn't easy. It was much easier and I could lift my legs off the ground. I was looking for a way to change the path, to change the, basically the exercise because I didn't like the way it was going. And many times when we're traveling the way of righteousness, people who become discouraged start looking for an easier route. They want to change the path, just like I was with the, the leg lift you know, comparison. And so because they want to change the path, that means they want to change the law. They want to change what's required. We have to be careful about that. Now, the Lord, when he led the uh, children of Israel out of Egypt, he, he didn't take them the easy route. There was a straight course he could have went, but he didn't go that route. And there was a reason why, and it's even recorded in Scripture. It's in Exodus 13, 17 through 18. When Pharaoh let people go, God did not lead them by the way of the Philistines, the land of the Philistines, although that was near. God said, lest the people change their minds. And when they see war, return to Egypt. But God led the people around the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. And sure enough, when Pharaoh chased after them, when they got backed up to the Red Sea, yes, they did. I mean, they were, we should be back in Egypt. They were ready to change their minds. So the Lord was right. But we can see then that the Lord, though, was in control of the path. And he understands that these people were prone to changing their mind. In other words, changing the path that they were traveling. We have to be careful about that. Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 7, verse 6 through 8, and he prophesied Isaiah. He says, well, did Isaiah prophesy to, of you hypocrites, as is written, the people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And what they were doing was they were supposed to take care of their older parents. That was a requirement of God by each and every Israelite. They were supposed to watch after their elderly parents. But they came up with a system by which they could be relieved of that. And it was called Corbin where if they donated a certain amount of money uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the Jews, then uh, they would be relieved of that responsibility. Now, God didn't command that, but the Pharisees did, and that was a commandment of men. And so what they were doing was they were trying to relieve people of a hard path that they didn't want to follow. They didn't want to have to take care of their parents. And that's, that's a dangerous thing. That's not the only time that's happened. Uh, Paul got on to the Galatians for listening 
the false teachers in Galatians 1, 6 through 9, when he said that he was astonished that they were deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ, and they're turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. And then he goes on and talks about those who trouble them and that there's a cursing on anyone who preaches a gospel contrary to that which has been preached. And so we understand that that happened even in uh, with the church in Galatia, as it has even today. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, we find out that there is only one path. There's only one way. You can't change it. There's only one body, one spirit. And he says in Ephesians 4, 4 and 5, you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord. And then he says this, one faith. That's what Paul said to the Galatians. There's just one gospel. That's it. And so when we start looking at the, the way of righteousness and we start becoming discouraged, thinking we're going to try to change it and start adding our influence to it to make it more suitable to us, like I was looking at legless, trying to put my hands under my buttocks. Well, guess what? That's, uh, that's distorting God's path. And that's not going to get you where you want to be. And we have to be very careful that we don't do that. Now, is that ha does that happen today? Yes, think about it. How many churches have you seen lately that have suddenly changed their, their views on, uh, um, for instance, homosexual marriages. Many, many have now started to accept uh, homosexual marriages. They didn't used to, but they have now. Why? Well, because it was easier. They were trying to tickle the ears. And there's point after point after point that we can go to that we can show where people have changed the word of God just to make it the, the path uh, more att attainable for them, to, to accept more people. Oh, we can't allow compromise like that. The path is the path. The way is the way. And so we can't allow our discouragement to allow us to change, to try to change the path, because you may change it for yourself, but that doesn't mean you change the truth. The truth is the truth. And the truth will always be the truth. All that's going to result is you'll lead yourself into hell's fire and probably take others with you. And what a horrible fate that would be. We need to stick with what God has displayed in his scripture and follow the path of righteousness, understanding it's going to be a hard way. Now, our third and final point is that when discouragement happens, sometimes people desire to change leaders. And we see that. Uh, with Moses uh, in uh, number 16, uh, Korah was one, uh, and uh, they rose up against Moses in number 16, one through three, and uh, they, were, they were rebelling. Uh, they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and, and they were trying to exalt. Uh, they, were, they were upset that uh, they thought Moses exalted himself above everybody else. Now, of course, they, they, uh, they, they, they found out that they were wrong for doing what they did, but yet you can see they wanted to change leaders. And that was consistent even throughout the history of the Jews. Uh, you know, the Lord used to be the king of Israel after it was established in the promised land, but they rejected the Lord even as king. Can you imagine that? 
rejecting the Lord as king, but they did. In 1 Samuel 8, uh, the people had had come to Samuel, the prophet, and uh, they wanted them to him to appoint a king to judge them, and, and like all other nations. And many times those who are traveling the way of righteousness, they become discouraged, and they want to be like all the other churches that are not following the way of righteousness. They're following their own path, but they want to be like them. And, of course, that's exactly what the Israelites did. And, of course, the Lord told Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me from being their king. And, of course, that same would apply. Uh, If we start looking for a different leader, then we are rejecting Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 1, 20 through 23, it talks about Jesus being head over all things to the church. Jesus is the head of the church. It says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the leader. And so we listen to Jesus. But now there's going to be people who don't like that. Uh, Paul talked to the Ephesian elders about that in Acts 20 and verses 29 through 30. He said there was going to be people after he left that would rise up among them who are going to speak twisted things to draw away disciples after themselves. And so we shouldn't be surprised that people want power. People want to replace Jesus as leader. And discouraged people sometimes want those people to be the leader instead of Jesus. Now that's a bad thing. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be that way. And so we need to be on guard for that. When we're we're traveling the path of righteousness, we have to understand and accept it's a hard, narrow path. And there's going to be times to time that we become discouraged. When that happens, let's not desire to return to our former lives as the Israelites did when they wanted to return to Egypt and be a slave. Let's not desire to try to change the path that Jesus has already blazed. Uh, that, that, that's the one that leads to heaven. Let's, let's stay on that path. And let's not desire to change the leader. We had the perfect one, Jesus Christ. Let's stick with him. And then when we become discouraged, let's consider great verses like Hebrews 4 and verse 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. These type of scriptures and many more like them will help you overcome your discouragement and keep your hope on heaven. Look to Jesus and he will continue to work with you and get you where you need to be. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, I'd like to extend an invitation for you to come and and worship with us. We have a Bible study each Sunday morning at 930 and a worship service at 1030. And um, you can find us 
at 406 North Clark. You can find directions, map, phone number, whatever you may need by going to carneychurch.com. And there you can learn all about us. Now, we have other lessons that are being broadcast. One such is on KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. If you want to hear a lesson like this one, then just tune in to KPGZ and you'll hear a lesson just like this. Now, if you are living outside of Kearney and you can't tune it on your radio dial, that's not a problem. Just download their app, and uh, they have an app at KPGZ, and you can download it and listen on your mobile device anywhere in the world. They do stream the signal. Now, Gospel Preaching Live is broadcast in podcast form. It's on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And if there's a platform that you use that we're not on, Drop me a note, and I'll try to get on that right away so you can hear more lessons. I do want to plug Berean Spirits. It's an Internet Bible study that I'm a part of. Every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, I'm on there with two other preachers where we study a different topic each week. You can take part as well by going to Facebook and YouTube. You can go to carneychurch.com, press on the Berean Spirits app, and that will take you to where you need to be. And you can leave comments in the comment section and we may include those on the show. Uh, those shows are left up. The past, if you can't join us live, they're left up. And they're also po- uh, broadcast in podcast form on the same platforms that I mentioned earlier. So that is 10 a.m. Central Time every Thursday morning. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Uh, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.